If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. of his past life experiences that he had charted and channeled using a pendulum made out of a button from a string from his sweater. Seriously, how cool is that? Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica Show. We are going to be chatting with Suzanne Worthley a little bit later about uh, like energy healing and Dying and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Good timing. <laughs> Good timing. Yeah. Well, everyone's going down from the coronavirus. <laughs> um, we got Graham self-isolation Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? Oh, I wish. I'm ready to self-isolate. Oh, I yeah? want it. Me and as long you as I can be with Maria, there, then we're fine. Yeah, me and you and Maria, then that's all we T- need right take now. Take it easy. And the internet. Be. And the internet. We got and Natasha that's and the, the kids once Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. An energy healer's book of dying for caregivers and those in transition. Perfect. What timing. Well, you got to get to Chestermere. I'm hoping I'll get moved to the new place. And then if we have to self-isolate for a while, um, the Snake Bros and, and Matheson will run the CAC for us, they already said. And uh, me and you will just hole up and make podcasts like a motherfucker. It's weird. It's a weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird month. It's a weird month. We we canceled our trip down to, you know, to... Uh, Washington State. Yeah. And it's a good On thing because I think they like closed Washington State. Yeah. And we wouldn't have been able to go down there. Our travel's getting banned. Now we're in that flux of like this weekend. We don't know what's happening with our city so Mercury, and all that kind of stuff. Like Mercury retrograde ends just uh, in time for daylight savings time. The bad one too, where you have to get up an hour fucking earlier all week. Full moon. Yeah. Coronavirus. Yeah. I thought there was one more it thing. It was a crazy week. What else is there? There was one more thing. Let me, I'm going to check. If you can check that kind of thing, go for it. All right, you go. Anyways, this was a great chat with Suzanne. Uh, It'd be fun to meet up with her one day for a a contact at the cabin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, uh, I could see her doing a little, little event or presentation or something like she does for CAG. I mean, most of our guests, it would be great to do that. And it's Pi Day. And Randonaut Day. Randonaut Day. Don't forget. If this is just coming out tonight. It's coming out tonight. Coming out tonight. So. Hopefully you guys did some random shit. The other thing is it's like record, I don't know, feels record cold. It's, It's snowing like crazy last two days, minus 20, minus 22. On the, on the thermometer, not hey, even Siri, feels like. What's the coldest day in Calgary on March 14th? There's no way she's going to get that. It's currently cloudy and minus 17 degrees in Calgary. Expect partly See, she didn't get the... Why do you have an Australian accent on her? It switched automatically when I like... Uh, Anyways, uh, this is this. So... So we do some rambling in the intro here. We get uh, listeners involved, do a couple segments. Uh, Mostly of the lazy variety. Or you can just 
fast forward through to Suzanne's show, but this is where we beg for support too. Sometimes talk we do about. need some support. We well, need some. We need some support. I mean, we might get holed up. We don't know what's going to happen. Talk about the coronavirus a little bit, or we might get coronavirus to fuck up. You guys are going to need this park. If you guys all end up on lockdown, join the chats. Join the chats. Go slash chats and the other thing is, you're going to want some podcasts to listen to. So you need a, Graham and I making podcasts. We, we will do more. Support. We'll do more. If we're, if so we're we in can, lockdown, we'll do some more. So we sure. could buy some suits. We're already slipping into April. We were planning on, by the, by May, we plan on being able to be dumping out a lot more content than we have been. Yeah. Accelerating everything, yeah. the black budget, the regular feed. Well, the weird thing is we're in a move too. We're both moving this month and the studio's moving and... And we're just in the middle of figuring out, is there going to be a lockdown here in Calgary? Like, is everything shutting down? Like, I worry about gas even. Like, I got to run to, I'm going to run on a 12-hour drive tomorrow to grab Maria. All my shit is full right now. To bring her back home before the city shuts down or whatever. I mean, it's just crazy. And then I'm thinking we should move right away if we can. Yeah, I'm going to go meet so we don't my have to landlord wait. tonight. What if it's two weeks and then, you, you know, we're stuck in our old place and the new place? Well, I don't think I mean, that, so here's the thing. In Canada, I don't think they can actually lock us down. I think it's really all it just like, seem, it's all like sort of honor system based. It does seem a bit more This lax. is why they have to be like self-isolate. Well, here's the thing. The States has this like crazy homeland security and they've got all these alphabet agencies and these crazy police forces and this insane fucking army. So the, the States, I believe, does have the ability to lock shit down fucking fast, which is why I believe that the people in the States need to have guns. Because they've got they've got so they they've got the biggest government reason? to go up against out of all of us, right? You got to put that into context. So the state should have the most and the craziest guns in their citizenry, because they're gonna if the government turns on them, they're they've got quite the hill to climb. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if the Canadian government turns on us, like I think there's like, it's hey Siri, how many soldiers are there in the Canadian army? Think she'll get it? No. In two thousand and nine. The Army of Canada had 40,300 active duty personnel. That's still quite a bit. Well, let's put that in the context. So that's, hey, Siri, what's 1.5 million divided by 40,000? 1 million 500,000. So there's one army member in the Canadian military for every 40 people in Calgary. Yeah. Calgary is one of the smaller cities in Canada, not one of the, one of the smaller major cities. It would yeah. be the fourth biggest out of like 10. So that Toronto's got 10 million people. What's I don't understand where this is going, though. Cause you're, you're, How are they locking it down? Because the cops are going to be busy taking care of their families. Right. I mean, a lot of people are going to be busy, busy taking care of their families. So how do you actually lock it I up? I don't think that's the reason why they can't. They don't. It's just that... That and our Bill of Rights, I think, protects us to a certain extent. Also, where there's less, there's more space, there's less people com- confined in spaces. Because I'm not staying in the fucking house. Man. Really? Yeah, there's no way. I'll, I'll like not, what about for your I'll own not go to some place or like I won't go to the mall or I won't go to the movie theater. Well, but if I like want to go hunting, I'm going to well, go hunting. hunting. I mean, that's if different. I want to come that's here not... and do some packing or, or go to your house or go to my friend Kyle's house or go to Natasha's house, I'm just going to do that shit, man. They're not going to stop me from doing that shit. I don't think that's... I'm just going to keep my rifle in the back yeah, all the what, time. Well, what about gas? I mean, what if the, what if the gas station, what if the people aren't allowed to work at the gas stations? Well, that's why right now I'm filling up my truck every day. Yeah. Every day. Like, I just filled it up over here. Right now I'm good for, like, 900 kilometers. Wow. Probably if it was all city, it'd be more like. But then I keep my other truck full, too. 
See, these are the. So I've got my work truck and my fucking personal truck full. So if everything's shut down, I still got like. I mean, I don't I think that's like going to happen. 1,600 kilometers of travel. But here's the thing is that you'd st- I think you'll still be able to get gas at the card locks. Really, eh? I've got that co-op. I thought that was card. only, oh, do you? Hmm. Could come in handy. Do you just need a number? Yeah, I've got the Ooh. SO and the co-op. Just a number? Yeah. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. So if you need gas, you hit the card lock. Yeah, we could pay. But it I mean, back I don't think that's going to be a problem. Like, I think that it, I would. Like, so there's going to the be thing. the essential services. I like, think they might. The the, the 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 stores and the gas stations and all they're going to stay up. It's just that they don't want people in They'll gatherings away of so more than two fifty. But I think they might shut down everything else. Not gas. They won't shut down gas. No, they'll just do skeleton crew, and they'll be like, only a fucking three people are allowed in the in the. In the building, paying for their gas. You think it's going to get to that though? I mean, I've been paying attention to the Calgary. Well, here's the thing. thing. I don't know if it's going to get to that or not. But here's the thing. They're really taking it that most people don't. They they don't even want to close the schools yet in Alberta. Which uh, in Vancouver and Toronto, the school systems are shutting down next week, and we're not doing that in Calgary yet. Well, I think, and they say that there's not evidence that that necessarily stops things. So, well, I think the only reason they're doing that is because of the they're just trying to save money. Because once they close the schools, that's going to be, there's just going to be a huge blowback on financial implications and everything else. Now that they've sort of promised to foot the bill for all that stuff. So now if, like if my kids stop going to school on Monday, they're either A, going to childcare all day, or B, someone staying home while from their job all day. So who's going to pay for that? You know, it gets real weird real quick now, especially now that they said they're going to help everyone out. So... And the other thing I think is that they're just trying to keep it seem like business as usual as much as possible. So I think um, for as long as possible, I guess. Yeah, because it's going to get crazy here. Like right now, you already can't get through to the health link on the phone. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, the so, hospitals are blowing up, and Canada's like this pinnacle. And we've only of the world. got like thirty-five or how many? Twenty-three cases, thirty-five cases 30 confirmed cases in Alberta. Or like that. But it doesn't matter because the media has done all this crazy shit, had their panic mode going on, and the everyone's media? freaking in Canada. Yeah, like. Like so now, like, they're getting fucking 10,000 phone calls a day. And, and this is Alberta or yeah, Calgary? Calgary. Calgary's getting 10,000 phone calls a day yeah. for people that want to get tested or? Or that are worried about it. Oh, yeah, they just can't handle that. There's no way. So when those people start going to the hospital, a hospital that's already fucking maxed, maxed. Like the healthcare system in fucking Canada is, already maxed, is yeah. maxed every already, day yeah, of the year, yeah, yeah. just dealing with what we have to deal with. As it is, flu season and shit like that is trouble. And, that's and now all ta- of a sudden that's we're going to instill massive this. massive taxes going into this and it's still not even efficient. Or yeah, and we're like supposed to held up as this pinnacle of healthcare, especially in the States. And oh, we need to be like Canada. We need to be like Canada. We need to be like Canada. Well... Well, you've heard those. That's why I the, think they'll shut it down because they don't want our our healthcare system is going to start to look like fucking Italy pretty quick. If we have a problem here where elderly people start dying at a rate like they are in Italy right now, I mean, look at it this way: in all of Canada, there's less than four thousand ice intensive care beds. Really, there's thirty seven hundred and some odd intensive care beds in all of fucking Canada, coast to coast. Wow. So how are they testing so many people? There's been a lot of people tested, it seems. like uh, It seems like a very small percentage of people that are tested in Alberta anyways are... are uh, they swabby or something? Yeah. yeah. They seem to be testing a lot. What? But, I mean, how many... Uh, what percentage of that 4,000 people are the people that want to get tested? Yeah. And how many people aren't wanting to get tested then? Yeah. yeah. 
Either way, it's pretty bad when you can't get a hold of them. But I don't see why like we they're giving do you much the health different. thing number. They're saying call this number. Don't go into the. They're, so they're telling us don't go into the hospital, right? If you want, if you think you have a cold, call this health thing number, mm-hmm. and they'll probably help you through the initial symptoms to see if if it's really an emergency or not. They'll try yeah, and like now they mitig- have got mitigate. A questionnaire they'll try and triage a bunch of people over the phone, but then they you can't get a hold of them anyways now. Now they have a questionnaire online. You go through a screening thing to see if you need to get tested. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think they're super worried about it here, as they probably don't need to be. But maybe they do, or they seem to be anyway. Why would you say they don't need to be? Um, I don't know. Do you think they need to be? Well, Do you think we're on the verge of outbreak in Alberta? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's already 30-something cases in the province. I mean, that's... Uh... Isn't it better to just try and protect the sort of try and protect the people that are compromised or the weakest among us, try and protect them and the rest of us sort of let it ripple through so we can start getting yeah, some sort of that a, too, but I think they're doing the right thing by just limiting. Cause by our argument, that's real herd immunity. Would be letting it just go through the herd and letting everyone build up a natural immunity to it. Let our fucking, let our immune systems get a, get a glimpse of this COVID-19. This is not a natural thing, though. This is a bioweapon. It's not like your natural immunity can just, you know, shut off that bioweapon. Is it a bioweapon? So how come some people, like I listened to the interview with the lady on the cruise ship, she's like, if they wouldn't have made everyone get tested, I would have never even known I had exactly. it. She's like, I had a little bit of a cough. She's like, I think I had a slight fever for yeah. a couple of and hours. And then she has it, right? Yeah. And then she I tests positive. I know, it's weird. I know. But you've heard, you know, you've heard these people. And they, they do- say it's insanely contagious. But mind you, these 29 people in Alberta have managed to, like, get around, get home, get tested without infecting anyone else. And this basketball no, the player, is there is a whole bunch of people infected, but it doesn't show for a couple pay, weeks, Paid right? half so, a dozen games against other basketball players, and, and then half the NBA should be I, infected right now. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Why, are. why is the percentage of famous people infected? Higher to me because that's they weird. want the, no the famous Tom Hanks, people, yeah the, that's bullshit like the they're prime minister they want you wife, to self isolate I don't think it is yeah I think that's it's them no you think it's they're getting arrested <laughs> I was wondering how long we could go before you thought they were getting <laughs> just, arrested I'm just kidding uh, I think that's because they want us like I was saying where I think that especially in so Canada that's just leader that's the way they lead the people their leadership is like yeah I don't okay, think Australia got, got a couple symptoms. I'm going to self-isolate yeah. now, and hopefully everybody so else does do the same. So that we do it automatically. Yeah, they're leading by example. Jesus. So that when we have it, we're like, ah, even even, even Justin self-isolated. We can self-isolate. <laughs> He's trying to run the country. And he but his wife apparently has it. If Tom, I mean, this is the weird thing. So do you think that's true? I don't know. I don't think so. She's got it, and he doesn't? And, and Hanks has it, and all these other famous people. Come on, Really? That's because they want us to all self-isolate. See, Hanks is being a good boy and self-isolating. And the other thing is they don't want us to freak out too much. They want us to freak out just enough. See, so Hanks will be fine. Trudeau will be fine. See, everything's going to be okay. But freak out a little because you know it could be bad. But don't freak out to the point where you stop buying stuff. Well, I don't know if that's a concern right now. I think it's don't freak out. I think it's just don't start killing each other. It's like they're... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah, keep don't, spending don't a bit of money, <laughs> keep consuming. Yeah. yeah, don't get crazy. Yeah, people are already taking advantage of the lack of security. I mean, I've seen vi- videos. I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to 
be a part of that. Like the thing in Walmart there yeah, in Airdrie, yeah, did you yeah, see yeah, that? Yeah, the, the smashing grab? Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. It's disgusting, but that's what's happening. Nobody can even do anything. Hopefully no one's smashing grabs a studio. Something tells me Brad's got pretty lax security out here. Yeah. Well, another couple of weeks we'll be down you in the basement. You don't got your gun here? No, but it'll be protected by my gun soon enough. You got a gun? Yeah, 22. I'm like two weeks away from going to get a 300 and a 30-32. Wow. It's going to be two weeks too late. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm keeping a pretty close eye on my application status because I just want to make sure that application gets here. I'm pretty annoyed all the D&D guys were making fun of me because I ordered a bug out bag like back in January from Alex Jones Infowars. You got ripped off. <laughs> and then I tried to track it the other day. I'm like, hey, where's my package, please? I ordered it like in January. And then I get the tracking number and it says package abandoned. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> There's my bug out bag. It's just been abandoned somewhere. Where? Thanks. I don't know. UPS. Did they ship it to the wrong spot? Did they put up a, a notice? You can't, you can't. It just says it's been abandoned by the shipper and the receiver. Or but by you're the, the, by the courier. I know. I haven't fucking abandoned anything. It's such a joke. That is too bad. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. If you get, if you, if shit goes down, I can feed you for at least a couple months. Oh, I'm okay. I went, I, you know, I've been stocking up for a while. But when I shoot a deer, I'm going to make you like cut, cut its heart out or something. Oh, Jesus. Give me a little initiation. <laughs> we'll speaking wait of that. We'll wait till you're super hungry. Speaking of that, congratulations, Mr. Initiation. Thanks. You're a Freemason. We got to watch that. You're a Freemason. You're part We're of the Illuminati. going to shut down our support. What? That might affect support. Oh, no, you, we got a guy in the inside now. I'm on the inside. People trust us. It's been, we've been doing this for almost seven years now. We got a guy on the inside, finally. Yeah. So I'll can let, you, let's talk about it. I'll let you what know. What can you talk about? Kickers. I can't talk about much. You can, Come on. Was it creepy? I don't know. It wasn't creepy. You no. said it was creepy. I said it was, uh, creepy wasn't the word I used. I said it was sure? a trip. Oh. <laughs> 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 it was a trip, but it wasn't creepy. Did you? I'm what, just checking the... Uh, what are you doing while we're doing an intro here? You're busy on your phone? It's bad enough. You have no message. Well, we're talking about your... You're talking about this, you know, this important part of the show. There's not we a lot We just had Gary Wayne, Wayne on. We talked about how, you know, Freemasons have been involved in... There's not a lot to talk about. Illuminati running the world for a while. And now I took an oath. I thought they wanted to get more people not in there. Talk get more people it. in. You can't even talk about... Well, I can get you in, maybe. I don't want to. Uh, I don't think I can bring people in until I'm. Uh, yeah, you got to get to like until 30, I'm a third, third level, right? I think you just need to be a second. third. But there must be some things you can talk about because Freemasonry. I mean, people are talking about it all the time now. Well, I don't. I guess you don't, I don't know, know right enough away, to right? know what I can talk about yet. So, like, you got a you got a secret book and you got to memorize I do have some a secret stuff. Book. And really, yes, I do have a secret. Oh, book. Is it cool? Is it? I haven't started reading yet. Is it very esoteric? It's very esoteric. It was a very esoteric ceremony. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Super esoteric. What's your higher power? Don't you have to believe in like the great architect of the universe or something? You just like have to believe in a higher power. Yeah. What's your higher power? It's none of your business. You, oh, come on. You don't, what, what is it? Quantum physics or? Like, quantum physics? Or can, qu can quantum physics be your higher <laughs> sure, power? Sure, why not? I mean, you can, it just, I think it's about the principle. If it's like AA, it's a, it's a principle of having a higher power. It's not, it doesn't yeah, have to be, it's, have just, to it's just like something you can let go to or you can. My beliefs of, are too fluid to really settle right. in. It's a foggy higher power, yeah, but it's up to, there. You don't have to, you don't have like to define murky, that a little better. No, no, you can you just, just be like, believe, I have a fluid you just belief have to believe in the in architect of the universe and they're okay with that. Yeah. 
Really? I think in the other question was like, do you believe that the higher power um, has made has made their intentions known to mankind or something like that? Ooh, wow. And I think they have. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Through grass, just through like instinct. magical movements. Oh, instinct. Yeah. yeah. Hunches. Hunches. Synchronicity. Ah, synchronicity. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Dun, dun, da, da. So, speaking of which, bagging for money, we do need some support. Are we going to do that now? I had to pay my dues. Actually, 200 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. 220 for the year. Why wasn't it like 222 or something? Or three, well, my, three, it was three, probably like... something different, but I was like, I'm a couple months into the year, so it was like, it said prorated. Oh, it's prorated, eh? Yeah. You got to do that every year then? Yeah. Where do those dues go? To the Illuminati? They go to the rent mostly. I won't get into it on the air, but I'll tell you off the air what the fucking just the property taxes oh, are I on can that imagine. hall downtown. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I went for the tour there that one open house day. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to bring old Kyle in eventually. Oh, yeah. 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 One day. I heard somebody say the other day that the Masons, uh, it was uh, actually one of the most famous magicians of the world, said... Uh, they Copperfield? Make, they make good men better men. Hmm? They make good men better men. I was like... Uh, that seems to be the yeah. the uh, the main outline of it. Yeah, yeah cool. That's totally. good. I'm happy for you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Whenever you feel like you can share something on the show, just, you know, I'm not going to push you I too hard, but, out. you know. I want to get kicked out of there. Uh, I did want to say that we did get a new computer. Oh yeah. And it actually did really well. You guys might've noticed, you might notice actually still on this episode, the last episode, I think by the next episode, it'll be fine. I was in denial, but Darren was like, cause we brought my old laptop in cause it had an in and an out still. Well, first that's we tried to use that for the Skype computer and it just Those Behringer boxes and, keep breaking. Yeah. So we switched it from the iMac. Graham's going to take the iMac home and use that for audiobooks. Well, hopefully. And then. Is that still okay well, to yeah, use? Well, yeah, cause like, we'll is there enough space on there Yeah, there's a ton of space. Okay. The only problem with the iMac is that it. We can't go into it analog. So we have to put everything into that stupid little box and they keep breaking you mean, it the you most inopportune You mean in, as a studio computer? Yeah. 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 That's fine. We, it's funny. Uh, now we switched to PC basically. Everything. Both PC. So, so the stream kind of computer and all that's PC. Yeah. And it does sound way better. You got rid of that hiss. I mean, I we was in denial. I was like, there's no way. It gets, I man. might still upgrade the sound card yet, but it seems to be fine. The hiss seems to be gone. Let us know if you know it's improving. That'll be... I think the first interview we did on that was uh, Tim James. Uh, Chemical Free Was it free that body? whole night? Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, I know. So we don't know what's coming out next. There's yeah. a few. The Tim James will be the first interview we did on the new computer. Of course, that was another expense. We were lucky enough to get that computer here before all this shit from China dried up. So we've got it. We're using it. Well, it's not from China, though, right? It's from no. It came east, from Ontario. Right? Yeah. yeah. But once that supply dries up. Yeah. But we can't do this without your support. I mean, it's fantastic that we're able to just like upgrade the computer when we need to, to make the sound quality better. And we replace these Behringer boxes and all that just because of your support. Like, honestly, we don't have any other sponsorship or ads or anything like that. So totally. Yeah. We're moving again and we'll have the studio be down in a little apartment again, down in the basement. We're hoping that'll give us the opportunity to make some new content. Then we're going to take a bunch of these soundproofing things, put them at Graham's house, so we'll have a little home studio now. Maybe we can use that to convince him to start streaming his Dungeons & Dragons stuff or 
We're no, gonna, no, no. Yeah, we're going to try and talk around to some stuff once we get the home studio set up. And we'll get him trying to get a rant a day out of him or something <laughs> like that. Anyway, uh, so support the show. I mean, we just had to shell out another few hundred bucks for this computer just to keep the interviews going. Gramerica.ca slash support. If you could sign up for a monthly this month, I know people got coronavirus fears. It's showing in the uh, support page. So Gramerica.ca slash support. If you can, when you can, maybe you can sign up for a monthly this week or you can do a one-time donation to help pay off this computer we just had to buy of a bunch of moving expenses coming up again. <coughs> we worry we will be able to upgrade the internet speed again. Um, I already talked to TELUS. We go to about four times what we got now, so that'll be good. That's good news. Uh, again, having the ability to do extra content will be good news. And we can't do it without support. Support the show. America yeah, support. Do it one time. Sign up for a monthly. We got this new computer. We do have to get it paid for. And we need your help to do it. And we love you. Grandamerica.ca slash support. Help us keep going through the coronavirus fears. If you're getting a little value from the show, maybe you're spending a little more time at home. You got a little more time to listen to podcasts. Get through those 400 and some odd episodes in the back catalog. Might as well support the show. Get access to the Black Budget. There's another like 100 hours of shit for you to listen to there. Bingo, bango. America.ca slash support. Sign up today, please. What else you got? You know what? I have a, I have a note here that we want to talk about. We went to a group mediumship. And uh, think it was about just, just, just quickly, okay. quickly. And then I got my, I got a segment, Operation Project, Project, project Operation. But uh, how much time do we got here? Five uh, minutes. Oh, What? This is too, too rushy, rushy. I know. It seemed like we were going to have yeah. lots of time. Ugh. Anyways, we're going to a group meeting rushy, and we're going to call in people, call in, like she's going to bring in like dead loved ones and stuff like that. And it was very appropriate because it happened before we recorded this episode with Susan Worthley. So we, there was a text that went around to talk about like to, to discuss, like to meditate on your intentions and maybe who you want to bring through and questions that you have. So Maria says to me, I want to bring through Gary. It's his, it's her ex, uh, ex-husband's brother who, who died recently in the Philippines. And she was like, I want to find out if, you know, if he, who, who murdered him. Cause apparently he was murdered. And I'm like, well, why do you need to know who murdered him? Like I kind of was hard on her. And then I apologized later. I'm like, sorry, if you need to know whatever you need to know, that's totally fine. You know, we'll talk about that. And then we talked about, um, her friend who committed suicide, maybe talking to her and, uh, of, of course, my dad and my aunt were other ones that we want. Anyways, it was interesting because we were going through the whole thing with uh, this a two-hour meetup, and she would, the medium would go through talking to all these different people. And, and then she looks over at us about halfway through, and she goes, so what about Gary? And I mean, the, there was no way she could have known. And she mentions Gary's name and looks over at our side of the room, and I'm like, yeah, there you go, Maria. Like, ask the questions, and it was fantastic. I mean, there's, she had questions answered from her friend who committed suicide and yep. Gary is really interesting. Some closure. Yeah. Closure. Definitely. Excellent. And I mean like the, some of it can be cold reading a lot. Like I don't, under, you know, I don't think all of it is necessarily, but when things come through like that, like how did she know, how does she pick out a name like that out of nowhere? And it's what we talked about that morning. You it's know? magic. Yeah. Like she doesn't have a, you know, a host, a retinue investigating and stuff like that. So, Okay, let's do the magic. Uh, I believe in miracles. Let's do the uh, project. You sick thing. <laughs> I'm just getting the uh, project operation jingle together.
Way too loud. You don't have the jingle board? I don't have product operation on the oh, jingle board. Okay, thanks. You know what this one is? No. Paperclip? No, it's uh, it's appropriate. It's a new one. I didn't even have it on my list. I've been keeping this list of projects and operations for a few years now, and it's time to talk about them. Operation Dark Winter. Ooh. It was codenamed for a senior-level bioterrorist attack simulation conducted from June 22nd to 23rd, 2001. It was designed to carry out a mock version of a covert and widespread smallpox attacks on the United States. Ooh, good timing. This is uh, from the John Hopkins Center for Civilian Biodefense Strategies, Center for the Strategic International Studies. Dark Winter was focused on evaluating the inadequacies of a national emergency response during the use of a biological weapon against the American populace. The exercise was solely intended to establish preventative measures and response strategies by increasing governmental and public awareness of the magnitude and potential of such a threat posed by biological weapons. So the simulated scenario involved an initial localized smallpox attack on uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, with additional smallpox attack in Georgia and Pennsylvania. The simulation was then designed to spiral out of control. This would create a contingency in which the National Security Council struggles to determine both the origin origin of the attack as well as to deal with containing the spreading virus. By not being able to keep pace with the disease's rate of spread, a new catastrophic contingency emerges in which massive civilian casualties would overwhelm America's emergency response capabilities. Um, I can probably... S- I thought you might do event 201. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, but that's kind of not, it's kind of an unofficial one, even though the CIA was involved in event 201. But if anyone's curious, you could look up, uh, there's a great, great video by, uh, by amazing Polly, And also, uh, Corbett has a great one on the, uh, the, uh, pandemic, um, martial martial medical martial law. Thank you. Yep. So the summary of findings, I mean, I can get into the, uh, John Hopkins has a, has a paper on it actually about the exercise, the key players, president, national security advisor, director of central intelligence, secretary of defense, chairman, joint chiefs, secretary of health and human services, secretary of state, attorney general, FBI, FEMA, governors, all that. Oh, oh, got to get an NBC guy in there. Pentagon producer, CBS, NBC, reporters, and the findings. I'll, I'll just skip through the, to the findings part here. An attack on the United States with biological weapons could threaten vital national security interests, massive civilian casualties, breakdown in essential institutions, violation of democratic processes, civil disorder, loss of confidence in government, and reduced U.S. strategic flexibility abroad are among the ways a biological attack might compromise it. Um. Current organizational structures and capabilities are not well suited for the management of a BW attack. Major fault lines exist between different levels of government, between government and the private sector, among different institutions and agencies. These disconnects could impede situational awareness and compromise the ability to limit loss of life, suffering, and economic damage. There is no surge capability in the U.S. healthcare and public healthcare systems or in the pharmaceutical and vaccine industries. 
The institutionally limited surge capacity could result in hospitals being overwhelmed and becoming inoperable. Interesting, eh? Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking about that. Dealing with the media will be a major immediate challenge for all levels of government. <laughs> Information management and communications. Example, dealing with the press effectively, communication with citizens, maintaining the information flows necessary for command and control at all institutional levels will be a critical element in crisis consequent management. And then number five, should a contagious bioweapon pathogen be used, containing the spread of disease will present significant ethical, political, cultural, operational, and legal challenges. Seems pretty, pretty basic, really. <clears throat> there's some, there's some uh, examples in the past here where vaccination seized in this country in 1972 and vaccination immunity acquired at that time was undoubtedly waned. Oh, they talk about uh, aerosol releases of smallpox virus disseminated. Huh. There you have it. In 1947, in response to a single case of smallpox. Smallpox? <laughs> 6.3 million people were immunized, 500,000 in one day, including Truman. Oof. So what do you think? Are they going to come up with a vaccine for this thing? Probably. Are you going to do it? No. And how do you say no? I mean, I'm not going to do it. Maybe it'll be mandatory. I know. What do you do if they, they, they can just take you away? Like in the U.S., this is what Colbert's video talked about. And I mean, maybe it's in response to this thing that was in 2001. I mean, you know, my options are getting taken away to the 2009, they, just take they added some, some stuff in there in the government about being able to just take you away if you don't comply. If you don't get vaccinated, you're out. Disneyland? FEMA. That might not be bad. Do you have internet? You have to take it to Walmart. What? Walmart FEMA. Walmart FEMA? Yeah. So that's the key, right? If we get, if we can keep, I mean, we can do this. We can isolate for a while till this thing calms down. As long as we have electricity, water, and internet. And everything we can. Imagine if the, if, if the internet, I mean, if the, some of that goes down, then people would freak the fuck yeah. out. If the internet goes down, especially electricity, holy fuck. Totally. Hopefully it warms up here quick. Not looking good for the next couple weeks anyway. It's minus 33. Feels like minus 33. I see you've come up, jumping on the minus 33 bandwagon. From the most of your you fucking feels nipples, like? it no. feels like minus 33. Your nipples feel like minus 33. Jesus. <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> Is that a lot? Did I make you embarrassed? Uh, Is that like I sexual... Give a sexual abuse? You feel sexually exploited? <laughs> I feel abused. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, enjoy the chat laughed. with the one and only Susan Worthley.
All right, so tonight we've got Suzanne Worthley with us. She's written an awesome book, An Energy Healer's Book of Dying for Caregivers and Those in Transition. And she's been an energy healing practitioner and intuitive who's focused on death and dying for like 20 years. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. It's weird because I, I didn't even realize it, but it fits in well. We're Darren and I were at a medium, a group mediumship on the weekend, and uh, we had some like some old lost uh, loved ones come through so visitors yeah, yeah. so it's very interesting yeah. to have and be talking cool. to you about it Good yeah yeah so thanks for coming on i mean that's uh i did i read your book and i and it was really gave me a different perspective on uh on that i mean i kind of wish i would have read it before my my father passed away in like 2003 from a couple year battle with with cancer but it was uh it was really interesting i, I enjoyed how people that are in the in the hospital or or loved ones could practice some letting go and all that as well to help the transition. Like it was, gave me a few different perspectives. So I guess I mean, might as well just start at the at the beginning a little bit on how you how you came to write the book, and then we can dig into some of those uh, finer questions maybe later. Sure, no problem. Um, basically, I didn't really even go out to write a book. It didn't start as I want to write a book. It was pretty much um, I've been an energy practitioner full time for quite a while now. And at the same time, I was doing hospice work. But even prior to that, I'm a mortician's daughter. So I was around death my entire life. I mean, that was normal conversation at the dinner table. So death and dying for me was always kind of like, I didn't understand that everybody else didn't know about death and dying. So to me, that was always kind of puzzling as a child. So when I got into my energy work, which then turned into a lot of different kinds of energy work, including hospice, it just sort of naturally evolved. And the way that the book actually started was I was sitting at bedside with many, many of my actual um, dying patients and or what we would call clients maybe, and asking them questions telepathically to just get more information. And basically what I was doing was just jotting notes down. And then at the very same time, I was a hospice volunteer for end of life. And so I would bring some of my experiences back to the table for hospice meetings which then naturally evolved into, oh, I'm just going to sort of put that together in a PowerPoint, which then evolved organically into a whole training presentation. And then it evolved into a book. And so it was just a natural evolution of sharing information. And then the case studies obviously are pretty um, awesome part to the book because I am privy to so much personal hands-on information from being able to do this work. So I, I feel really honored to have sat with so many people that are in their dying process. And that I think is a really cool part to the book because it's like literally hands-on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get into a couple of those cases because it really, for the skeptical minded or whatever, really shows that there's, there's more to what's going on here. I mean, you're, you're, we can, we can get into the details later, but you know, things you just can't, can't ignore, you know, I love the skeptical mind because trust me (laughs) as an energy practitioner and a presenter and a speaker for all these years and years, and especially one that does paranormal events, et cetera, I have come up against a multiple skeptical minds. And so for me, um, that's an in, invitation to learning. I, I think that everyone has every right to have their own truth. And I have never been one in anything, any medium that I present to say, hey, I'm right, because everyone has their own lens and their own yeah. perspective. Yeah. And everybody, especially when it comes to death, gets to have their own point of view, their own belief system, their own God package, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. I'm never here to change that. I'm just here to simply possibly shine a new light on something and expand maybe a potential. So 
Yeah, well, there's certain coincidences and things that happen in your process that you can't ignore either. That I mean, it's just that right. you know, you have your your story corroborated with different people in the in the hospital room or nurses, and it's so so. It's I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. So, what about energy work, and how did you get into like what what kind of energy work are we talking about? Because you obviously oh, expanded okay. expanded into different areas, but I'm interested in that a little bit before we get into the book. Uh, when I was tiny, uh, I was very, very well, well aware of the energies in my room. Uh, I had um, heads, literal heads on my ceiling that talked to me when I was a small child. Um, I thought everybody saw the heads, by the way, and uh, they would communicate telepathically with me often. And I was very, very sick at age five and six with a blood disease. And these so-called heads would inform me that I was fine and that everything was going to be okay. And they never knew what was wrong with me. And this went on for almost a year and a half. And um, then it just disappeared. I love that. And after the heads disappeared, I mean, the heads disappeared after the disease disappeared. And then it kind of laid dormant for quite a few years. I could always own the fact that I was intuitive most of my life, but the psychicness and the like crazy, crazy intuitiveness came back. Oh gosh, really in my late thirties, early forties. And it came back like, like instantaneous, like it downloaded to the extent that I thought I was losing my mind. So I was a very happy corporate mother of four, um, corporate marketing executive for many years, walked out of my back door to go into my driveway and saw my husband coming across the yard. True story. And all of a sudden could see totally inside of his body and aura and his field and all of his energy blocks. And it was like, okay, what is that about? And then boom, it all came back like massive. So wow. it was, it was a little crazy. So what what do you think caused that or, or triggered it? I think it was time. Um, and again, I'm not here to tell people how to believe, but I think it was time from a higher perspective to do my real work, what I came here to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, it, the ascension process, if you study that at all, um, is very, very critical right now. And we're at critical points in that tipping point. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just time to get to work. And I mean, not that I'm discounting by any means, being a mother of four and being a corporate executive, but it was time to just like, remember what I know. And it came fast and it came hard. And I literally thought it was nuts, but it it evolved. And it took me about three, four years of balancing it with my corporateness. And then I finally jumped ship and I left corporate in 2007. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Then shit hit the fan, by the way, because when I quit my job, my husband got let go of his job. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were two two corporate executives that were standing in a food stamp line and about three months going, I don't even know what just happened. But wow. we rolled the tide. Yeah, it was crazy. So what did you, what kind of energy work did you start, like, did you start, like, learning it or practicing it? Or was it your own thing? Or was there other programs that you tried? At the very beginning, um, there wasn't uh, me that I was aware of out there. So I was very concerned about people thinking that I was going to be weird. So I went off and I tried to take classes. Um, Those weren't really very good for me. I didn't learn that way. I learned this way. I'm very cosmic. I'm very starseed. I'm very um, multidimensional telepathic. And so for me to go to a classroom situation was not comfortable. And I finally, after a couple of years, just succumbed to the fact that if I would download through meditations, it was just much easier for me and it was much more genuine. And so, um, my work has evolved tremendously over the years. I've become extremely holographic and extremely quantum and multidimensional. So what that means, if we want to make it kind of simple, is, for example, if I was doing a house maybe six, seven years ago even to clear a house, 
I would go room by room methodically and try to see if there was an entity or an energy. And then I would sage it and I would worry about it and I would talk about it and I balance it. Now I walk in and everything spins like a holographic kaleidoscope and I do it all like boom, all like that. So it almost, it moves through the walls, it moves through the floors, it goes into the earth, it goes into the cosmos. So everything is a spin factor in geometry now. So I work very differently than I did even six years ago. Is that that still uh, um, evolving? Yeah, yeah, very much. And I would love to know more quantum workers because um, the grid patterns are so much more accessible now. And as we move through this this ascension process, we're finding that those um, designated dimensional lines are so thin that you are being able to access timelines, move things quicker, future past, et cetera, all at the same time. So yes, it's very, it's changing constantly, constantly. Yeah, it's interesting. We just had a, we just had a quantum guy. We were talking about quantum meditation with a guy and, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's a tough word. And it's cause it sounds like, you know, you're trying to talk about quantum physics or whatever, but it could mean at that quantum level or that holographic like matrix that you're talking about. But he was doing this meditation where, you know, you start with your third eye and you build this pyramid down from it and then another one and you and you and you bring them really really close and you're never going to touch but you're going to get closer and closer and closer and it really does get your point of focus to a quantum level and then you build a cube around it and and it's kind of it started to click to me like even just tonight we read his his answers to some of my questions on the show and and it started to click for me about the quantum thing so it's yeah it is quantum is very like you said very difficult because i think people fight it with the organic like quantum physics things that you learn in science and a lot of this is unexplainable especially when you are using your psychic gifts and you can't justify or quantify it because it's all happening telepathically but it is trainable and i believe everybody i believe everybody has psychic ability and i think everybody has psychic gifts but again everybody can sing but not everybody can sing (laughs) yeah yeah right i can't sing very good but I can I, I belt it out. If I'm in my if I'm in my truck by myself, I belt it out. So I bet you if I ever like recorded it though, like I bet you'd just be so terrible. Maybe not. I wonder. <laughs> so we then should... record it. I told you. I I mean, you put hours, all these hours Life into recording. Are trainable, though, Darren. So you might want to like give that a shot. I don't know what where you're at with all of that, but they are trainable, and that's why I do some of the events and the tours and the and the training that I do because I really believe that every human being has the capacity to open up that skill set, and that again is part of the reason why I wrote the book in terms of we all have the capacity to see these things and experience these things. We're usually just too busy or we're too scared or we're too sad or we, we don't, you know, we don't believe it or whatever. And so we don't allow ourselves to move forward with that. Hmm. Yeah. Right? I agree. Especially with stuff like that, especially with singing and dancing. Yeah. It's a tough one. <laughs> Sing, well, when I was drinking, sure. But yeah. now it's like, but I mean, and then on the other hand, we'll do 400 podcasts just saying whatever the fuck pops into your head. And that doesn't seem to be a problem. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But I don't know. It took a while to get used to hearing myself talk. I don't know. Now hearing, I have to get used to hearing myself sing. It's probably all out of key and shit. I mean, well, I'll try it. I'll try doing some singing. Yeah, I've been telling some. them to get it set up so we can do like a little. The thing is, these days, here. it's like a couple of clicks and it's going to be on the internet. And then. No, no, we don't have well, to do that. Why don't you like just... baby? 
Why don't you maybe do like a little singing on the intro for the show and a little break singing, and then it just like evolves into that YouTube phenomenon. No way. Oh, I no can't way. handle that. No, no way. Okay. That's for us only. Yeah. <laughs> singing is for us only. <laughs> maybe 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 the odd karaoke night or something like that. You show up and steal the show. I can't even do that. No, I no, too. No, I don't want to be up there in front of people singing. No, no. Oh, so then you should do but it. then that Japanese guy goes up after you, and then you know they're just loving it, having a good time, and it well, doesn't sound anything like this. Yeah, not at all. Whatever it doesn't. Just know, I know it doesn't. I know. Just what happened to you? <laughs> what you resist persists. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. We'll go down to Ducky's Karaoke Bar. I used to love that place when I was drinking. Joel for Bright Eyes. It always takes the crowd down. Bright Eyes. Oh my God! That's the one I downloaded recently. This thing. I'm, tell, I'm serious. We, we, we were singing it online for D&D that came up the other night, and I downloaded it, and I was belting it out on the way. To well, how weird girlfriend. is that? Yeah. That I was mean, like a specific one that I downloaded to just Do you have like out. a karaoke club in your D&D? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just my own little private thing. You guys sing in like, D&D? No, no, no. Oh. It's just my own little private thing. Like sometimes a theme would come up and we'd sing it, but. That's all kind together? of a bit of a crazy synchronicity. You guys all yeah. sing together? He's got like a quartet. Oh, there's some crazy <laughs> synchronicities popping off. Today. I know. There's a lot of synchronicities. It's just, it's mind-blowing. So I'll, I'll sing that on the way home. Will you? Will yeah. you record it? <laughs> no, I can't. You know, I seen today at uh, London Drugs, they have a mic that plugs right into your iPhone. You just hang it from your mirror, away you go. Mm -hmm. You could be the next YouTube hey. phenomenon. Over 50 and still singing. Yeah. I mean, that's karaoke. I mean, come on. Yeah. You guys can do this. You can be podcast karaoke. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll think about it. I just had a couple business uh, ideas. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, let's so get let's let's get off the sidetrack here. Well, while we're I talking about too much, I'm going to start. <laughs> as long as we're talking about crazy synchronicities, what uh, where do they fit into the energy healing dead book? Okay, I've got one. Seriously, this book was not supposed to be out until March 10th. Yeah, that's my birthday. Um, pardon? <laughs> that's my birthday. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, so cute. I'll remember that and shoot you a something. Um, Sweet. <laughs> I'm going to sing happy birthday to you. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, te <laughs> technically, the book was not supposed to be in hand until March 10th. And um, wasn't really thinking much about it because I was off doing my um, Peru tour and my Sedona tour and got a Facebook message from a gal that I used to know about 20 years ago. And like really, really desperate message, call me, I need you or I need your book now. And I said, I'm sorry, my book isn't out for another three weeks or two and a half, three weeks. And she said, I know, but I need your book now, or I need you now. And I was thinking, what the heck? That's kind of a cryptic message. And I hadn't seen this girl for like 20 years. And uh, so then she was on my telephone and leaving me a messenger message audio saying, I need you now because my sister's dying. And I said, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen you in 20 years. And I knew her sister way back in the 80s and in the bar days. And uh, I said, is it Laura? And she said, yeah, she's in hospice and she's dying. And I need to understand this because one year ago today, my brother, Ricky was in, uh, Richie was in hospice dying one year ago from the death of this sister dying in hospice. And she said, I can't do this. I'm losing my crap and I can't, and I need you or I need your book. So I, what I said is I, 
I will come and do hospice with you in person, but I'm sorry, I can't get my book to you until the 10th. No, no kidding. She literally screenshotted me six hours later. She had my book in her hand and I have no idea how, and I have no idea why. <laughs> and I called the publisher the next day and I'm like, what the heck? She's got my book in her hand. She's like, yeah, I don't have any idea how that could possibly even happen. And sure shit, I went to this thing and I did hospice and she is holding my book. And I literally sat with her for three hours and walked her through my book as her sister was sitting here dying. And then two days later, the parents came in town. And now remember, this is their child dying when a year ago, their other child died. And by the way, a third sibling child had died nine years before that. So three out of their four children are dead or dying right now. And I'm sitting in the hospital room with my book, synchronistically landing in their lap, teaching them the process of this. And amazingly, this gal was dying. I asked permission if I could ever share this and I got it. So this isn't infringing on anybody's personal stuff, but she was dying of alcoholism. And if you know anything about alcoholism, you're having the distended liver and the kidney shut down and the failure. It is a horrific death, extremely painful. And uh, we were lucky enough to be doing this work together. And she was so peaceful and so calm. And I'm not taking credit. I'm just saying I, I know how to do this work in terms of doing a smooth transition to help us shut them down. And she literally was so peaceful sleeping while we worked. And she died like five hours later. Wow. Her whole entire hospice trip was all of like five days. Wow. So that's pretty awesome. So synchronicity of landing in her lap. I, you know, how's that happen? The publisher's like, I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> so, right? That's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's a powerful story. And, and maybe can you tell more about that kind of, could kind of lead into your process of, of your book and how you help people through it? I mean, it, cause it's an amazing yeah. process. I didn't realize the whole chakra system was at play and the different levels of letting go and, and how the people yeah. in the room can play a part in that, like letting go of your ego, getting it out of the way and giving permission for them to let go. Like I never even thought that that would be important. Oh, man. We oh, have good. a copy yeah. of the book somewhere. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. We got we got them out faster. The publisher called me the other day, and she said they're out everywhere, and they're not even supposed to be released. So I don't know if there's <laughs> biggest stuff going on out there. Um, yeah, what happens is is when we are literally in utero, the human body uh, is activating their chakra system, and this isn't something we definitely learn in multi, you know mainstream anything. But basically speaking, we have a sperm and an egg, obviously, to you know support the vehicle. The soul, if you want to talk about it that way, drops into the situation in that activation of connection from higher self. And this isn't religion, it's higher self. That soul connection starts to activate in utero. And it activates, starting with that crown chakra, and it goes from third month, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And this is why we want to go full-term pregnancy, if possible, because that root chakra, which connects us to the earth, activates in that ninth month. And when we die, it deactivates the other way. So if we were talking of methodical death, the activation deactivates in the reverse, meaning my root shuts down first, then my, my sacral, my solar plexus up to the crown. So it's very, it's very methodical um, in terms of if we were to look at it that way. I wrote the book methodically so people can understand. If, for example, we were ripped out of a situation where my I was dead immediately and I didn't have that methodical death, something tragic, something horrible, which obviously does happen. 
this process will still happen to some extent or another in terms of benevolent help, angelic help, whatever you want to call those words. Um, it will still happen somewhere, somehow. So the transition will still happen. But I wrote it in terms of a methodical way so people could understand if that makes some sense for you. Yeah, yeah. So maybe get into a little bit deeper of um, what people in the room can do or people. Yeah. No, I don't mean in the room because I'm I'm picturing just your typical, you know, somebody's sick and they're dying and they're in the, yeah. in the hospice yeah. or hospice or whatever. So if, if there's loved ones coming and going and all that, is there stuff that they can do that's that will help? Well, there's there's a really there's a really couple great things. And, and thanks for bringing that up, Graham, because it's really important because there's so much guilt associated with death. Oh my God, I didn't get there. I can't get there. I can't get on the airplane. I didn't get there in time. I left the, the room to go to the bathroom. You know, there's a lot of guilt happening around the death process. And I will never forget a family that I did that is actually Latvian. And the Latvian family had the dad dying in the actual um, um, home. And all of the Latvian family was there. And they have a wonderful culture that supports the death in terms of everybody comes and kind of like, it's not a party, but it's a sort of a gathering. And so I went out to this family and said the exact thing that you just mentioned, that we need to have a conversation of allowing the dad to die. We need to understand that this permission of death is extremely important because we humans will make somebody's death about ourselves because that's what we do. And we don't want mom to die. We don't want son to die. We don't want anybody to die because we don't want them to go. And that's about us and what we need to understand in these situations is one of the best things that we can do is to give them permission. Now, that said, a lot of people can't articulate that because they don't have the words or the ability. We can always give permission in our heart. We can do it quietly. We yeah. can understand it in heart. So don't so, like walk permission. in and be like, it's okay for you to die, bro. Exactly. That's so important. And it's so beautiful. And it is such a gift because you know what? People get to die. And People hate me when I say that because they're like, yeah, but, but you know what? People get to die because why? Because we got stuff to do. We got stuff to do. And maybe these meat bodies that we're walking around with are not needed anymore. And these meat bodies have done their job. And there's things that our soul gets to do in other places and spaces. And we get to die. So that's a really tough one for people. I get a lot of flack for that one. Does it ever come off as like somebody wants you to die? Oh, you mean in the room? Like I want mom to die because yeah, because you're like it's okay to die, mom, and she's like, what the fuck? Well, I think that it would, it would, um, to some extent, possibly in situations because the actual third chakra and the second chakra would be involved here. The second chakra in our belly is our relationships chakra. The third chakra in our core is our ego chakra so these two get really messy on people the first three chakras are the messy ones in the human body and these are always very confusing because it's like this is our ego mixed in with our power this is our stuff this is why do you want me to go this is our relationship and how it worked or didn't work and so there's a lot of miscommunication going on in there so yeah there's and you know what there's some really difficult family scenarios out there and i've sat through some of them in a hospital room let me tell you so it's really difficult to all find common ground on belief systems. You know, belief systems are really tough. And those, by the way, start in the first chakra, in your root chakra, because our belief systems are taught to us from the very beginning when we are growing up. And these belief systems come to us from listening, learning, experiencing, hanging out with, 
everybody under the sun, especially our parents. And this is nobody's fault. I want to point that out. At least those aren't a fault. We decide to take them on and then we breathe life into them and then we own them. So belief systems are usually the biggest thing to let go of. And there's a myriad of belief systems when it comes to dying from, oh, crap, I'm going to you know, go to hell or I, I'm going to lose my stuff or she's going to get all the money or, you know, all of those things. So it can it can go the gamut. I mean, people are messy and deaths can be messy. At the very same time, people can be beautiful and deaths can be beautiful. Yeah. It's all over. Yeah. Can you talk about that belief system case study that you have where it's the older fellow that you realized he was quite a spiritual person um, and his family was completely resistant to that? Like, I got to tell you, I have been blessed and honored to do so much energy work, much less hospice work. But when I met this guy... He was in his late 80s and he specifically asked for me and not to sound crass, but I don't like doing hospice where I have to chit chat a whole lot. I like doing end of life because that's what I do. I help you die. And he was still like kind of like in the space where he was interacting. So I was a little hesitant until I went in and I met him. And this guy was so cool. And he looked at me, he's like, hey, how's my chakras look? And he was like 87. And I'm like, what the heck? You know about your chakras? And he's like, oh, yeah. He told me he had like 27 books of his past life experiences that he had charted and channeled using a pendulum made out of a button from a string from his sweater. Seriously. How cool is that? And so he had knowledge base beyond belief. And so when I got to meet him, it was so apparent that he needed information and I helped him with that. And when I got to know him better, his family thought he was crazy. And that was part of it. They burned his books. It was the saddest part of the story. They burned his books because they thought he was crazy and made it all up. And um, he was so powerful. He was so incredible. He told me when I met with him that he knew exactly what he was doing when he went back in between lives. I don't think I wrote that. Did I write that? Part I don't think so. I don't remember that. I think it no. out, so this is a tidbit. Um, he told me he knew exactly what he was doing. And I said, I'm told that I'm supposed to clear all of your karmic debt and anything fear based so that you can literally cross over at a place of you going straight to work. Whereas a lot of us will cross over if we want to use that terminology and still have to do some work in terms of releasing fear or educating ourselves, et cetera. But they wanted him to cross over to directly do his work. And he told me he knew what his work was. And he said his work was to reconstruct the architecture of the gods and the goddesses. Wow. Isn't that cool? That sounds pretty heavy. And don't tell me that's probably not going on. How much has the Avengers and all that junk supported our understanding of all those multidimensional gods and goddesses? I mean, this stuff is all weaved together. This stuff doesn't talk about synchronicity. I mean, really? Don't tell me that Marvel doesn't come out with all that stuff to make us go, oh, my God, that's so cool. But the reality is, is when we go, oh, my God, that's so cool. We activate that stuff. So he's been busy. <laughs> he was one of my favorite guys ever. And he would not die until I came home from Peru. I'm like, you've got to die. He was a medical miracle. He's like, I'm not dying until you get home from Peru. And the day I came home from Peru, the next day I went in and he was hanging in there. And I told him all my stories. And the next day he was non-responsive. I went in, I worked on him for a couple hours. And the next day he was dead. Yeah, that's amazing. Pretty cool. So speaking yeah. of speaking of miracles, I don't think you covered this in your book, but a question came up for me on, do you think people get stuck 
not dying, waiting for a, like a miracle or a faint hope of, of healing, that kind of thing. Totally. Like, is there, I mean, I could totally. see, you know, that would probably be where I'd get stuck. I'd be just waiting for some sort of miracle or something, you know, not wanting to, to die because of that slim chance. It's, you know, you may still get better. Like well, my dad was in, in palliative care and we brought him to this Korean healer. I think we had taken him there. After we took him there the first time, we took him there multiple times, but this this Korean healer was meditating for like 12 hours a day, and he's in this log sort of cabin in the woods, and we took him there, and he had healed my sister's friend's back injury, like a really serious back injury. And this guy was just by donation only, and he was uh, astounded that there wasn't a lineup at his door. Because he'd come over from Korea, and they, the the skepticism in this in the area, yeah. and, and that just was just it was. But he would still heal. So he powered up this crystal for my dad, and my dad came out of palliative for six months and traveled around California in the motorhome with my mom. So uh-huh. there was always that sort of sense of, you know, oh, could could we heal, or maybe we didn't. But I didn't know enough back then to even try. Like I mean, we tried some different things and all that, but I could see that being, you know, and then when my dad came back, like how, how long do you hang on? If you've experienced some level of healing, you're, you're off, you're out of palliative, which was amazing for six months. You know, is this, is this it? Is it gonna, and, but eventually it it just got to the cancer got to him again and he, and he passed away. And I think it was a fairly peaceful transition. I, you know, it should have been if he had done that much work. yeah. Yeah. I think that totally aligns with the, if you read the, case study on the wrestler oh rick, yeah the, yeah the rick is, i was i was trying to think of like which guy he was i i probably know this rick like is it rick rick flair was it rick flair no it wasn't rick flair was i've it? got permission from his family too so i'm just gonna say it here he oh. was the wild alaskan okay rick and rick actually was phenomenal in terms of understanding there's a difference between what my ego self and my what we would call lower self, and that doesn't designate value when I say lower self. That just means my meat body self. So my meat body self, my lower self, needs to be in alignment with what we would call my higher self or my soul self. And and when that when that alignment happens, then we know I'm going to die because I'm supposed to die and I get to die. But this ego with meat body always thinks that I need to stay here, I need to stay here. So Rick is probably the perfect case study in that book to understand our egos can understand through the death process that it is time to go and that actually the miracle healing is me dying and that's where i got my ass kicked as a healer that's i'm very blunt in that particular case story because i was very new i was a novice i didn't get it and i kept getting the information oh miracle healing problem resolved and then he died and i was pissed i was so pissed and that's when my husband it's in the book the husband said what makes you think that your version of healing is the same as his higher selves? And that was like, you know, yeah. <laughs> universe, yeah. universe slap. So I think that we will always have this discrepancy between higher self and lower self. Me, as an educational practitioner, my job in terms of all every day, not just hospice, everyday healing practices is to help others understand that that alignment should be happening when we are alive and healthy, not waiting until we're dying and on the way out, that alignment of understanding and surrender and release to higher self should happen when we are here in terms of understanding that message and really surrendering. That was a really crappy word for me a long time ago. Now I finally get it because who I'm surrendering to is my higher self. And so it's understanding that when we're alive and healthy as much as when we are sick and dying. So 
does that kind of answer your question? Because I think that was a big. Yeah, yeah, set. yeah, yeah, it does. And I didn't even think of that example uh, when I thought of the question. So, it make, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Rick's story, man, I am telling you, that's that one completely changed my world. It rocked my ego. It, it slapped me into humbleness all the way across and back. I mean, that was very hard for me. But, yeah. you know, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other yeah. thing that surprised me in the book was people having a, I, when I, which I never thought would be an issue on your deathbed is, is having a, a fear of letting go of the material things like your home, oh, your home or stuff like that. I just. Yeah, that's huge. And by the way, this is what gets into your, you know, I listen to so much paranormal stuff too, because I do that too. And it makes me laugh so hard when people are being interviewed for paranormal because they talk about ghosts. And if they don't understand the chakra system, they don't understand ghosts and they don't understand what's going on. So very briefly, not to get a tangent, but that egoic attachment in those first three chakras, if you are egoically attached to stuff, spaces, people, et cetera, ego, this is when that is the difference between what we would call a ghost and a spirit, because it is an auric and chakra related energy field difference. And so, yes, even this meat body, when it dies, if I still am egoically attached to my company, my place, my person, whatever, or I have anger or I'm pissed or whatever, that will, even though the meat body dies, hold in an, in an auric field and or a chakra field to some extent of a frequency and vibration, which will make me be what we would call a ghost, meaning that I am still based here in the third dimensional frequency. So is that, do you understand that? Yeah, do you yeah. see the difference? Whereas if I am a, what we would call spirit, meaning I fully, what we would say crossed or I went to heaven and all those words that people use, that simply means that orically you have dissolved and transmuted fully back to energy. So that's the difference. It's very distinctly different. Okay. That makes sense. I've never thought about it that way. But if that's possible, then you could probably find a way to enslave energies at some point too. And then there would be a lot of ghosts out there that are enslaved souls. Like, does it happen? Is there a way to, cause like on a, when I grew up on the East coast and there's a lot of battlefields there and I used to love just walking through cemeteries and all the things there. And there's, it's a, it's not like anywhere else I've ever been where those battles had happened. He's too far away. Can you relay anything? Oh, really? I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. No, 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 no. Say that again. You're talking about enslaving the enslaving the souls. Well, it like, seems like do- if, if that was the case, you'd be able to kind of capture a soul at that time as it was leaving or something. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there, right? So. Oh, I got him. Thank you. Okay, now I can hear you. Can you do that again, Michael? I couldn't get any of that. <laughs> You were like, um, you weren't on the mix minus. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, say it again. Yeah. I've kind of forgotten exactly. (laughs) Well, I've said it four times. Enslaved souls. But who's enslaving? Who's enslaving the souls? Like, so Mike, Michael's talking about. Well, it seems like there's a harv. There must be a way to harvest type things. I mean, we hear about these like dark forces that. Fe- I mean, you're a vampire in D and D. Well, that doesn't mean that. That doesn't have anything to do with like. It's sucking soul energy, isn't it? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. my question. <laughs> Sorry. <Okay. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, that's going to be a tangent. Um. Yes, there is dark energies. Yes, there's dark entities. Yes, in my opinion, um, with what I work with out there, they do suck 
soul energy. They can harvest, they can trap, they can do a lot, the vase. And, and they the work vase, in hospitals. Pardon me? And they live or work near hospitals, probably. Well, they, the days can be anywhere. The days, if you want to talk about that, can be physical. They can be frequency. They can be an implant. They can be, um, they can be all kinds of things. And they can be programs. They're ba- we basically live in the hologram, so a lot of that is programs. And basically, that can come in a lot of different packages. But yeah, there's a lot of crap that goes on in hospitals. My, my belief someday, if we get our shit together as humans... There will be energy workers walking through hospitals, clearing, 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 clearing. Because when we die, good, bad, or ugly, all that stays in the room. But remember, all that stays everywhere. You got a bad meeting, that stays in the room. You got a fight with your wife or your husband, that stays in the room. I mean, you got a murder on the land, you build a house on it, it stays in your house. I mean, this is all energy. It's pretty, pretty much basic energy and frequency. So it's everywhere. We're just super uneducated as a, as a human race. I mean, we do the stupidest things. We, I'm paranormal again. I mean, I have gone to places like Deadwood, for example, holy bananas and the energy signatures that are there. And then we plunk something on it. And we're talking all the way back from the early 1800s and we're walking through it today in 2020. I mean, this is real stuff. And so we we're very, very naive and we can pick that up 24 seven because why? Because we empath and we, literally take that into our own field. And this is when we get sick and oftentimes die. Wow. I was just reading something the other day that said, uh, don't go into the white light when you die because it's a trap. Yeah. That's a really good thing to bring up. Thank you, Darren. In terms of there's two philosophies on that. Um, there is a, there's what we would call phantom matrixes out there. Um, again, if we're talking in a holographic universe, there's all, there's a lot of, those days that Michael was referring to, those bad guys, they will implant a lot of false matrixes. In my opinion, as a holographic worker, a lot of those matrixes have been removed and a lot of that false matrix has gone. Me as an energy worker, I've seen multiple times the true white light. I've even literally with some of my people gone to the sound frequency, which is really into the light. So Personally speaking, I believe that there is a divine light. I believe that there is a divine white light because I see it all the time. Um, But again, belief systems. So if you think it's a crappy white light and you die, you'll go to the crappy place. (laughs) Because death, just like life, is perceived through your own vision and your own lens of belief systems. So if you think that this is going to happen, you will create that, if that makes some sense for you guys, right? Yeah, that makes more sense than most things. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that's, that's a huge, uh, I mean, there's so many different ways to perceive it, right? Like there's so many people that you can just, two people can have the same day and for some person they're just having a good time and someone else is just fucking having the worst time ever because they can just think of all the things they don't have or they're not doing or, you know, that that mindset can be super powerful. They're experiencing the same same exact thing and why it's all paradigm it's all belief systems so remember it's really cool to think of a camera darren when you go like this and i'm just going to adjust that lens a little bit right and i'm going to adjust that lens and love and light honor frequency i get to co-create this or holy shit i'm being puppeted this life sucks everything's happening to me so we're seeing the same situation scenario etc it depends on the lens so, yeah, that's interesting to think that the the afterlife wouldn't be any different. It's just sort of a continuation of that. Because if I 
Hmm. Because I think the way I was considering it is that while I'm here, it's manipulatable because it is like holographic or digital or whatever this simulation thing is. It's not all here. It's all fields and frequencies, and it's 99.99% nothing. But, you know, um, that's interesting to think that. But I always figured that's because we're in some sort of games or, you know, we're in some... The material thing is creating that, not the astral. No, not that, that we've we've, we've signed into this and that when when you die, you go back to whatever, you know. Yeah, you talk about that soul contracts quite a bit in your book. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you you go ahead. That game doesn't necessarily stop. And I do talk about in between lives a little bit throughout this because I think people think when mom is dead, she's just gone. And she's not. A psychic or a medium or somebody like me can talk to a dead person because it's a holographic file system that we can access. It still continues. We don't, just because our meat is gone... Because the meat body is gone doesn't mean the consciousness is gone. So the consciousness experience is still there. And oftentimes it will be maintained in a frequency or a, um, a container of similar to how I was here. Therefore, a medium can say, hey, this is that personality. I can get it this way, etc." Many, many, many of my clients, however, that are dead, have I have worked with their families for years. And that dead client will progress. That dead client will also progress in their spirituality they will also continue to ascend they will also continue to heal and and better their so-called soul in between lives we don't just sit on rainbows and play around with unicorns i mean this is like serious shit on the other side of the veil where we do work on behalf of not only our soul but the overall creational experience itself so we don't have this right because no one teaches us we think we go to some fluffy place or some really shitty place that's full of little devils And that isn't the way that that works. We go to a consciousness place where we have an awareness and an understanding on a bigger scope again, and then we've got way bigger work to do. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's, is that partly how people get, get out of limbo from suicide and move on that way? Suicide I write about in the book also, because I've done many, 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 many suicides in my work over the years and many different situations with suicide, in my opinion, there are some suicides that are absolutely know exactly that they're stepping out of this meat body because it's time and I am good with this right, and I yeah, own it yeah. and therefore they cross like this. Yeah. Other suicides, I'm going to jack my so-called soul contract because I can't do it. And I was supposed to learn here. If you can watch my hands, I was supposed to learn to here, but I check out here. You're still going to have to do this work. You don't get out of that work. Okay. So you're either doing it here or you're doing it there. And a lot of times people will say, oh, everyone, I have this one gentleman that I worked with once and he said, my whole family's gone. They're all dead. I just want to be dead. I'm going to kill myself because I want to be with them all. And I said, sweetie, it doesn't work that way. You won't be with them all because your frequency will be way down here. Yes, they may greet you when you cross or come to the light or whatever, but you got a lot of rehab homework to do. So you won't be, you know, hanging out like you think that you will because those frequencies, again, this is all about frequency. Those frequency are at two different levels. It doesn't mean they can't come and find him and assist and help, but they're not going to be the same. But then don't you end up back here anyway? Um, Karmic return, oftentimes it depends again, Darren, in terms of, okay, am I going to do my karmic return work by reincarnating into a body and pulling out that contract again with my soul pod or those people? Or am I going to do that work in between lives differently? 
And a really cool thing that I as a practitioner have been doing a lot of is actually clearing soul contracts and karma while we are here on earth on behalf of self and <laughs> yeah. others. Yeah. So what that means, for example, is that if I have a fa- the family I talked to that got the book, let's go back to that for a second. If she had three out of her four children dying of alcoholism, okay, and her family's lineage has alcoholism, the one that's left on the earth plane still, I said to her, you on behalf of others and self can do the work for a soul clearing and karma clearing in terms of doing your best to offer that I'm clearing alcoholism in my lineage. What that does is it offers my lineage of back, meaning my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, and my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. It only offers the clearing. I can't make anybody take it. It doesn't mean it happens. You offer the clearing when you get into in-between lives. So this is huge work. Is there any correlation between the astrological signs and like um, where you're at in your progression? I don't necessarily know if there's a correlation like meaning I'm a Sag and I was born in such year. And so that means I should be ascended. Yeah. Just like like if there's different levels of that or something, I've heard different. We've had someone else on the show that was saying that you're, your astrological sign can point to where you are on the ladder of reincarnations. Really? Um, yeah, I can't know, remember I'm who. Seriously honest and say with all the um, multitudes of things I do in energy, astrology is not my jam. I don't care. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the show. But yeah, I remember, I, I remember because I'm a Pisces and I was uh, there like, oh, you're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I don't, or you I have don't to work that. backwards. So oh, you're just fuck. at the beginning. <laughs> I feel like I'm at the end. I feel like I've had it. Got my chart read for the first time in my entire life, not all that long ago, by a gal from Sedona who's pretty rocking. And uh, all she did is go, "Who are you?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess mine is really like really really cosmic, ridiculous. So I guess there's something to be said about your chart. Yeah, so. exactly. Some of those charts yeah. fucking floor me. Yeah, like the last one that Michael Wan sent out. I was just, it was like two hours long. I was just like. I was like, oh, my God, two hours. But then I was just glued to the whole thing because I was just like, how can this be? Yeah, that's good. Is Michael Wan following me around? Because I'm just hearing that my battery is low, but I'm plugged in. So hang on. kind of weird. Can you speak to how um, if you're not tied to the 3D, so if you don't have your meat suit, that how you would experience time? Okay, hang on. I guess uh, this isn't my house. So. Oh. Uh-oh, did it die? Oh, it might have died. It might have died. It did Pardon seem like pun. she was panicking. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> I think we she should help bat- that. Was it the died or laptop? We should help that battery in transition. Hmm? I think... <clears throat> I swear there's an issue with this laptop. Why do you say that? Though? Well, when we unplugged the TV, the ticking slowly stopped. The ticking slowly Remember stopped. that other laptop when you plugged too many things and it started ticking? The audio started ticking because it was trying to do too many things at once. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, there's not much the plugged into it. I wonder it if I'm enough. better off just getting the jack fixed on the original one. No, 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 no. That'll, that, I don't know if that's... we. Let's confirm your hypothesis before After we start. After the move? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fine. 
You're not. You don't have anything. All you've got is the. Well, I killed. I'm here. Okay. Oh, oh. Can we try that again? And yeah, she's you back. Bet. Wow. Yep. Seriously, you guys, this is such weird shit. I was completely plugged plugged in. It says I'm green, and it cut me off. So, what were you just asking me? Because maybe I wasn't supposed to answer it. That was Michael. Yeah, yeah maybe not. Ask okay. it again. Let's see, see if he remembers again. <laughs> Could ask a different question. <laughs> no, 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 go for it. Try again. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think if time is the fourth dimension, and if you're no longer in the physical plane, the third dimension, would you experience time differently? I mean, I, I guess. I think that you experience time differently in so many different realms because, like, I'm a timeline worker too. And I think that even when you are a meat body walking around in 3D, you're walking around having a different timescape anyway. Like, a lot of times I'll just squash time or collapse time. Um, so I think anybody and everybody is dealing with time differently depending on what level you're at. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing like about if that. I'm, if I'm trying to make it to an appointment and I'm pissed because I'm in rush hour traffic, I just collapse time and then I get there early somehow. It's Expand very it. Yeah, totally. I do that all the time too. <laughs> it's <laughs> wild. I think that's uh, space travel works. Maybe, Dar- can you guys teach Darren how to do that? Because he's late all the time. And if you could just learn how to collapse time like these do, everybody would be fine michael's always late too no i'm not oh yeah, yeah well, I'm, late. <laughs> I'm always late too so i'm not always well it depends on what it is listen um, i don't run by your time i know it's you not gonna I happen don't, don't, all right i'm just the not sun and the moon i'm not as involved as you i'm just not quite there yet you guys came over you I brought your clocks think, with you i think time is really weird too because i was in shasta a year or so ago doing some work and talk about time i was sitting on a rock doing some meditation and there was like um nobody around like nobody around and i was gone for like 40 minutes on my cell phone and there was not one single solitary person in my view and the second i came back fully in my body there was like multiple people standing there so again where where was that like where was i what was that so sometimes you start to think you're a bit nutty Almost that exact same thing happened to me when I was in Shasta by myself. And I thought that only like an hour and a half or two hours had gone by, but then the sun was setting and I I had gone there like around noon or even earlier. So I totally lost like four to six hours. That Shasta. (laughs) By yourself. By myself. Totally get that, Michael. I do that stuff all the time. Yep. And I can go, I go out of body with some friends last year in Monument Valley and did some crazy, crazy ass work. We could maybe talk about when you really do crazy shows um, where the uh, Nasazi work was. And um, I was gone, like gone for my body for like 40 minutes and then just boom back. And so I think that that's super cool. It's kind of like um, not everybody knows what's going on there, but if you can stay present with the work, it's fun. I think every time I've left, my body's been on psychedelics. I mean, you, you kind of play around with that a little bit on mushrooms, but when you hit that DFT, man, it's like, boom, your body just is gone. Like, I've never done psychedelics in my entire life because I, I just, I figure I'm kind of a, a little bit of an egomaniac wanting to know that I'm accomplishing that. And I'm not knocking anybody, whatever somebody wants to do, great. Um, me, specifically, I want to know that I'm attaining that exact same thing without having to know if I did it or not. Mm-hmm. And when we were in Peru, we were at, at an ayahuasca ranch and there was all these photographs all over the, not photographs, paintings of people's experiences. And I'm standing there with my sister and I'm like, I've seen that. I've done that. I've seen that. It looked like this. And the girl behind the counter goes, 
Jesus Christ, woman, how much ayahuasca have you done? And I go, none, I am ayahuasca. <laughs> it just happens in my head. So I, you know, and again, I'm not knocking anybody for a psychedelic. I just want to know, I just want to own it. If, if, you know, if I can do that, I want to own that. So. Well, DMT is probably naturally produced in your brain. So, I mean, you could just be harnessing the release of that maybe better than some of us can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, I don't think yeah. that, that doesn't make anybody special and it doesn't make anybody not special. I just, for me as a practitioner, I want to fully know that I'm being able to pull that out of my higher self. I think that's, it's like an athlete in any other way. You know, people are like, hey, Suzanne, how do you get to do all that and see all that when people are dying in your work and blah, blah, blah? Because I work at it. I train like anybody else does their training. I train a yeah. lot. Yeah. And I'm using so, performance enhancing drugs. I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. I'm doping. And again, no judgment. I mean, if that's what you want to do, have at it. I just, you know. I think I would die if I was on a mushroom. I don't know. I would just, I would, no. Oh, you would just be smiling and giggling. Yeah, it's not really that much of a big deal, actually. Mushrooms. No. I wouldn't do any of the chemical ones if I were you, but mushrooms are natural. They're just everything everywhere, you know. Mushrooms are, it's the largest thing on the planet. So, but DM, I already DMT's see the mushroom getting... talking to me and I already see it before I even stick something in my yeah, mouth. I mean, totally. That's probably true too. Yeah. It yep. tastes terrible. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But I mean, once you, you just get that. high from being from the toxic overdose, basically. So, I think I like to just get high from trying shit and just seeing if I can do it. I mean, that's my natural high. I just, I was in Peru just like not even three weeks ago and I went into the jungle. And all of a sudden, I just went out of body and totally went into the ayahuasca uh, anaconda snake medicine. And it was crazy cool. Yeah, cool. And you don't have to take anything to do that if you can just train yourself to go there. And I think that that's super cool. Yep. But again, you know, a lot of people like ayahuasca and it's very healing for them. And that's fine, too. Yeah. Right? So back to your uh, your your practice and the, and the book. And the, <clears throat> you mentioned past lives a little bit in there, go, touching back to that there was a there was a case study where you like f so i guess i want to know how how past lives can play in that letting go process and then also that that case study where you you saw somebody's uh, past life and it was corroborated by somebody else in the room yeah um i as i am not what i would designate a past life practitioner that said i do tons of past life work <laughs> with my clients because it just naturally will go there if it needs to. Uh, so I've been made privy to lots and lots of, uh, I see them as movies in my head or videos, fast clip videos, old fashioned, you know, black and whites kind of clip, clip, clip. Uh, and, or I will go right into them. So I see them in many different ways and lots and lots of people can do huge amounts of healings with past lives. Um, and, and I think that depending on your practitioner, that can be awesome and it can be really beautiful experiences. At the very same time, I have worked on many, many people who have not gone to a good practitioner and have reactivated a past life scenario, meaning I've brought in everything. So when I teach past life, I teach it like a read-only PDF. Well, like, do not bring in anything but the information. Huh. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think we've ever talked about that, the opposite happening or that risk. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I've had, okay, let's pretend you were the cowboy and you had the hatchet in your back and then you get done with that scenario and all of a sudden you have horrible pain in your back for the next five days and you don't understand why and you come see somebody like me and says, hey, you have an etheric 
energy-based hatchet in your back. What did you just do? You know, I mean, this is really serious stuff because people are ignorant in terms of their practitioners and their practices. So if you're doing past life regression, please, please get a good practitioner or do a read-only PDF file kind of a situation in your head. Um, we do not necessarily clear those past lives. So sometimes in the death process, when those veils are thinner in that case study situation, he will all of a sudden go, holy crap, I'm going back to that place in between lives where it was what we would consider hell. And then you add on top his Catholicism that says hell is real. So he was terrified because he was going to hell, not only in behalf of this life, but the other life. And so his, in the, the study um, in the book tells how his face oracle merged into that other past life and I could see him physically changing as could my sister who was with him in person I was away doing it remote so yeah I was a really crazy one I mean and I basically clear the past life and then the current life can die quicker and and your sister mentioned like mentioned his appearance before you told her what you saw right yeah and I mean it, it she tag teams a lot with me because she's pretty um, psychic in terms of her own kinds of gifts. She's a shamanic practitioner for massage, but she can tap into my head pretty well. So I was remote. She was in person. So we were tag teaming on that one. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was really cool. Awesome. Like I said, I've been privy to some really crazy stuff. Yeah. Do you, do you have any advice? This is kind of a weird question, but do you have any advice for people that have abortion regrets or people that maybe have done that in the past and then they think about it in the future and maybe yes. wonder. Yes, about that. I do. I do. I do. I do. Because I think, again, we have made things like, and this is not, again, to tell anyone how to believe. Um, this is not for me to tell you what your God package is. My package of God is not a guy. He isn't a guy hanging on a cloud with a dress. Um, there isn't that personality attached to that God source. When we made God a guy with a personality, we have a right and a wrong from source energy. So when we are talking about a decision on something as personal and intimate as that, we put a personality on right and wrong that will make that choice right or wrong. Therefore, that precipitates into many different arenas. In my experience, that soul contract will know exactly how to play that out. And often, often, oftentimes, the aborted babies, stillborn babies, babies that have died in childbirth, um, miscarried babies, they all come into my healing room. And there is no right or wrong with that, ever. There is never a guilt. There's never a, why did you do that to me? It just doesn't happen. It's never happened. So I try my best to allow people to own their choices and relieve the guilt or the sadness or the, the seriousness of judgment before they get to their own death experience because they will have to clear that. Right, right. That's a good point. Yeah. So it's really best to just keep cleaning up your shit as just, you go so you don't have to deal with all that you at know, the end of the road. You your shit all day long because I said that on a radio station once. He said, what's your best advice? I said, my best advice is act as if you're dying right now because you are. So therefore, the more fear you release out of this meat body experience, the more easy life is. It's synchronistic. It's fun. It's joyful. It's amazing. You're healthy. And by the way, you'll die easier. So it's really amazing to me that we haven't figured this thing out. I mean, our death process is an extension of how we are living. So chakra work, clearing work, past life work, guilt, shame, judgment, all of those things are extremely important for us to get out of this meat frequency as we are living. And then that will assist in that death process. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I know we're just about out of time. Before we're out of time, um, what, uh, where do demons fit into this? Is there, uh, 
Is there um energy demon? Is that a question from the chat? It's a question from the chats. From Faux Where Turkey. Where do the demons fit in? Yeah, he asked, well, he asked if, what are demons and are they real? Oh, I totally believe demons are real because why can't they be? When you've got source energy again, if you have light, you have to have dark. If you have good, you have to have bad, positive, negative, blah, blah. I mean, there has to be un- other forces. And why wouldn't the God source energy experience a whole bunch of shit and dark and yuck just as much as light and love? Because there's got to be polarity, right? I mean, we don't make this, if we would make this all about frequency and, and literally understand that everything in our life is vibrational frequency that is always searching for a balance. It's always searching for a dark and a light. We wouldn't be so judgmental and scared. So yes, do demons exist? Sure. Do I have to play with them in my sandbox? No, absolutely not. Is that where things like maybe addiction and alcoholism could be coming from? Like, you know, it's funny because we, we had kind of offhandedly call those people dealing with their demons. Yep. Yep. Very much. The addictive chakra, by the way, is the second chakra. That is the sacral chakra in your belly, which then directly relates to the next one above, which is your ego and power center. And those are supported by that first chakra, which is belief systems. So that person that is addictive has got a belief systems that I'm not good enough or I can't be heard or I can't be seen because we're hiding something, Right. And we're running from something. So those are those demons that we're usually just hiding from truth. We all have a primal wound. I mean, you could talk chakras on podcasts for like, you know, I literally do an energy update on my website too, to just talk about the chakra system because death and dying only comes after dis-ease. Disease comes from dis-ease in our chakra system. So we die according to our chakra dis-ease. So, yeah, we definitely have demons in our belly because we're creating them because we're not clearing the fear and finding our divine alignment with our truth. What about like unhealthy guts? Like we're finding these days that the gut is could be like driving more of our decisions than our brain and we're cramming all this sugar and all this other crap into it and all this processed, refined crap. And every lot of people have bad gut health. Can that like leak into the chakra? Well, it is the chakra and it's totally, totally breaking it down. And don't fool yourself that this gets bigger in terms of the programming. This is that collective consciousness programming. Again, go back to that word, those days. The days don't want us to be healthy. The the days want us to spend shitloads of money on medicines. So they're pumping chemicals into it and we're dumb enough to eat them all. So, you know, and we're also ignorant enough to just go, okay, you tell me I'm sick and I'm going to be sick. We don't metaphysically, and I'm not throwing out Western medicine, so don't misunderstand this. We do need to have doctors and listen to them, but we also need to listen to our higher self and say, hey, I can do this differently or cooperatively, or I can learn how to find the root of the problem energetically before it turns from dis-ease into disease. So there's many, many things, but the they's in the bigger scope of things, look at the billions and billions of dollars we spend on meds. You know, we're a great market to stay programmed. We're a lot of programmed people down here that don't get it. So, you know, but hey, you're also looking at somebody who will have those nights where I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to hunker down with a bottle of wine and eat a bunch of cheese and feel like crap in the morning. So, you know, what do you do with that? You make decisions along the way. And sometimes those decisions end you up in a hospice bed and sometimes they don't. So it's balanced. Everything's balanced in terms of my my hope and my goal for people is find balance and get rid of the fear. You know, we were not incarnated to be fear mongers down here. And yet look at our culture. 
And we're dying from stress and fear because that's the way these bodies are reacting to our thoughts. Yeah. So remember, we're holographic. Fear is a mind killer. Yeah. Well, Susan, thanks for uh, taking time from your from your sisters, your visit at your sisters to join us on the show and uh, and yeah. talk about all this stuff. We yeah. appreciate it. <clears throat> Make sure, uh, well, let us know about your website and the other stuff you have going on and maybe any trips or uh, you seem to do a lot of events and trips. Yeah, and maybe on. we got to do a contact at the cabin one day down the road. Oh, my God, that would be such a blast because, I mean, or maybe you got to come to the Palmer and we'll really rock it out there because it's super fun. Yeah, so it's Suzanne. Worthly and it's sworthly.com. Oh, S-W-O-R-T-H-L-E-Y.com. <laughs> Can't spell my own name. And all of my book stuff is right on there. You can get it at anywhere. You can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, but directly through my website is super easy. All of my events are posted on there. Um, I do do a tour to Peru every year and uh, Sedona every year and all kinds of other events. And I have a live online um vibe tribe community too to teach about ascension and there's so much free information on my website as far as ascension my ascension blog in and of itself is insane if you ever want some good nighttime reading because there's people out there that are having unbelievable stuff go on and they don't have a clue why awesome there's not a lot of there's not a lot of stuff out there on the ascension process and so ascension has directly relates to death and if we would understand that we are ascending even though we are still dying and we're dying as we're ascending back and forth. We could get a bigger picture on this, but there's not a lot of good information out there on ascension period. And it is happening and it is real. So this is a subject that needs to be more talked about as is death to change that death culture and not make things so scary. Does that sound like a new book coming up or? I, I have two. There's it, it's in my opinion, and hopefully the publisher is already um, urging is to have an energy healers book of. And the next one that I'm already in the midst of is an energy healer's book of empathing because we don't understand empathing we don't understand the difference between empathy and empathing and so many of us are getting sick and dying again because we're empathing not only humanity but the world itself and collective consciousness etc so that's one of them and then the third one um that's already in the works is the energy healer's book of ascension but i do have a free ascension ebook on my website already that really explains in some really great details on what's happening vibrationally speaking in terms of ascension and again this all has to do with it's all the same stuff i mean energy is energy whether you're clearing a house or clearing an animal or clearing a cosmos or doing a timeline or helping somebody die it's all the same stuff yeah that sounds great i mean and honestly it was a it was fantastic book and i highly recommend it especially for people who have loved ones maybe that are sick or dying or or people that are afraid or in conflict with the process for sure. Very and helpful. did you, um, let me ask you quick, if we have time, did you be able to go, oh my goodness, when I read that, I remember my dad did that because uh, my goal in writing the part about what a psychic sees during this stage and that stage, what I see psychically and what your person is probably experiencing is something that makes this book so unique because you're sad or scared or angry or not there, etc. There's a million things going on. Your head does not necessarily know psychically what's happening to that physical meat body. And it's a fascinating piece to this book. Do you, and sometimes when you read it after the fact, you can go, Oh my God, I remember when my dad did that. Did yeah. that happen to you at all? Um, a little bit, not, not, a, not a lot though, but it did brought, it, br- it brought back, um, 
more it was probably brought back more about me i think and then and then his healing process and maybe that i should have been a little more present like actually actually it made me feel like i i had i have some answers around my behavior after afterwards and during right. the process yeah that, that that was interesting yeah and that's why the book is good for anybody that's alive or going through the death process, death process or has already gone through it. I mean, there's no timeline for this book. It's not, oh, I have to do it at this point. We're all going through the death process every day of our lives. And so it's very important for us to understand that concept. And so there's not a timeline of when you should read this. But you can, I have had multiple people release grief or um, judgment or I should have oh, yeah, just yeah. because they read that. Yeah, that's you know? a really good point. Yeah. I'm glad you and asked really, that because it, I'm glad you asked that because it, it reconfirmed me some of the stuff I learned about myself for sure. And, and mostly release why did God, again, make it a guy, why did God take so and so, especially when it's a child, for example? Why did they take my kid? Well, there's reasons. And that's why the soul contract part of the book is really important. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll have links in the show notes to to that, your website and the book. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Well, I really appreciate you guys reaching out. And maybe we can do some more fun stuff since we seem to have some serious crossover here. Oh, yeah, for sure. In arenas. Yeah, for <laughs> but, sure. Yeah, if, you ever, if you ever want to go seriously play and suck into a rock in the cosmos somewhere, I'm always game. So. Cool. <laughs> like, so, sounds great. <laughs> right on. Thanks, Suzanne. Okay. Say hi thanks. to your sister. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that was a chat with Suzanne Worthy. What'd you think, buddy? <clears throat> yeah, I think it was good. That was good. I just kind of expected that from her book. That she'd be very outgoing and it would be a fun chat. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, not super serious and heavy like you would think, you know. But. It's a heavy topic, so you gotta gotta kinda yeah. have be able to have some fun with it. Yeah. Laugh and joke. Yeah. Like to think we could be able to do that a little bit around here. Yeah. I totally didn't expect the whole shocker thing and, and uh being such a playing such a part in the you were shocked. Oh shocked. <laughs> shocked. And uh and also the also the part about letting go of the of the material. Like that was a pretty big theme it seemed like people have a hard time i never would picture like when you're dying that you'd be worried about you know leaving your house behind or or your you know like i always thought it'd be more about loved ones but and then also the uh the part about um well that could be considered part of the material in that sense yeah because if a materialist isn't just your stuff, it's also the materialism of this world is all there is. So you're leaving behind all those people who yeah. would fit into that scene. Especially if you worked hard and gathered a lot or you were powerful. Yeah. So you had a lot below yeah. you. Yeah. Or if you didn't beat that last level of you're Sonic the sure Hedgehog. That, you're pretty sure that your son's going to destroy your empire yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No kidding. Hey, yeah. My stuff. All that I worked for. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of stuff, so that's probably why I'm yeah, thinking that. Yeah, that's good. So you yeah. don't have if to worry about it. If I had built an empire. You're building a media yeah. empire. Yeah. You don't have any kids, yeah. so I just take it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, my kids will take it all. Yeah. And the other part when was- we go down was... in a small plane crash, knock on wood. I ain't getting any small airplanes. Fuck that. Yeah, no, the other no part tubs, was just that- No small airplanes. What are the other ones? The giving uh, weight bench press. No bench pressing. Yeah. 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 Best just to stay out of the gym altogether. Yeah. If you're going to work out, just work out in your basement. Yeah. You get a weight set down there, but you get a public gym, especially you go like one of those all hours gyms, you go in there in the middle of the night, pew, pew, two to the head. 
No, it's more about like somebody like letting push on a. Oh, it's more about dying from the press, you know, the yeah. weight on your neck than somebody shooting. You don't you're not going to shoot somebody while they're bench pressing. You just let the weight go on them, right? Yeah, totes. Yeah, you just get them. Yeah, that's how they get you. Those are the three major ways you get assassinated. But so. then your throat chakra goes first that way. And then you don't have time you're to talk your way out. You're all out of balance. You're supposed to go from the bottom With up. That's so they could stop at that. Yeah. We get to live it. We just can't talk anymore. <laughs> no more podcasting. That'd be it. Anyway, big thanks to Zan for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. We love you guys. Uh, big thanks to you guys who do support. That's even better because without you guys, we couldn't pay the rent. We couldn't do the show. We couldn't afford the hosting. We couldn't fix all these fucking cords that are constantly breaking. And uh, yeah, you just help. You're part of the fluid that keeps this shit ship going. America.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly today. You're going to feel a whole lot better about all the value you've been getting over the months, weeks, years, 405 shows. America.ca slash support. Do all the other stuff in the show notes. Maybe you're a little low on cash right now. We get it. Maybe you can review the show. Share the show. Tell your friends about this motherfucker. Uh, sign people up for the newsletter. Maybe you're like, I don't want to tell my friend about the show. It's kind of a weird thing to bring up. Just go to the newsletter page. Sign them up. Punch in their email. Now they're signed go. up for the newsletter. They're going to start getting newsletters from us, and you, they don't even know who signed them up. It's guilt-free. We won't rat you out. So do all that stuff. Support the show. We love you. Be kind to each other. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Started writing down a list of things to do. Number one on the list of things to do was to write a list of things to do. Number two on the list, a little more nihilist, wrote down the cake is a lie. There is no spoon. Johnny flipped out, they put him in a rubber room. Hide all your money under your mattress. You call your enemy a fascist. Somebody call an ambulance, the sky is falling. Hide all your money under your mattress. You call your enemy a fascist. Somebody call an ambulance. The sky is falling. Started to carve my initials into a 150-foot tree. Forgot who I was, where I was. Cut my hand and it began to bleed. Was only looking to leave my mark in the bark in the park. Now I'm in agony. I have no name. My legacy is written in the sparks in your brain. Hide all your money under your mattress. You call your enemy a fascist. Somebody call an ambulance. The sky is falling. Hide all your money under your mattress. You call your enemy a fascist. Somebody call an ambulance. The sky is falling. Johnny crumpled up, threw away his list of things to do. Instead he got to jotting down his lifeblood legacy manifesto, manifesto. Live by principles of peace, mix it with charity. Don't leave the next generation a world of scarcity. Johnny wasn't a commie, he was my fellow man. Johnny wasn't a commie, he was my fellow man. Johnny wasn't a Nazi, he was a firebrand. Johnny wasn't a Nazi, was a firebrand.
fortress You call your enemy a fascist Somebody call an ambulance The sky is falling Hide all your money under your mattress You call your enemy a fascist Somebody call an ambulance The sky is falling Hide all your money under your mattress You call your enemy a fascist Somebody call an ambulance The sky is falling Hailstorm damage got you blue, sunburn get you let down, while introducing the new Gem Trails. Gem Trails are a convenient new chemtrail that we plow through your sky to ensure you with the haziest and non-blue sky that you could have. Gem Trails. Choose from our variety of geo-engineered aerosols loaded with toxic chemicals. Some chemicals may include barium, strontium-90, aluminum, cadmium, zinc, viruses of all sorts and varieties, and chafe, which actually looks like snow, but may actually be fibers coated with aluminum, desiccated blood cells, plastic, and paper. All chemtrails can be conveniently customized for your needs. Just ask our friend here, James Cruz. Gemtrails. James Cruz ordered the barium, strontium-90, and the chafe. And the chafe he chose was desecrated blood cells in plastic. Gemtrails. So I'm sitting in my backyard getting sunburned constantly. And I hear this ad come on the radio. Gem trails. Gem trails. And what they can do for you is amazing. For 33 payments of $333. Gem trails. No more sunburn. Thanks, gem trails. Gem trails. Thanks, gem trails. Gem That's right, James. For 33 easy payments of $330, you too can have a hazy sky with zero sun and zero sunburn. With our brand new technology coming straight out of MIT, we fitted an airplane with nozzles and we can come to any area in the world and spray your backyard. Chemtrails. Warning, warning, warning. Symptoms associated with chemtrails include aneurysms, strokes, heart attacks, and cancer. Chemtrails. Other side effects may include irradiated breast milk, anal leakage, jock itch, runny nose, irregular vaginal discharge, glaucoma, heavy metal poisoning, lockjaw, and low sperm count. Persistent hacking, coughing, upper respiratory and intestinal distress, pneumonia, extreme fatigue, disorientation, lethargy, dizziness, splitting headaches, elevated arthritis, symptoms, nosebleeds, blah, 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 yada, yada, etc., etc., doctors, blah, 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 uh, death. If you want it, we spray it. So get your gem trails today. Call 
Gray Sky. That's 1900 Gray Sky. That's 1900 W E F U C K E D. Thanks, Jim Trails. <laughs> <laughs>